The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness. For his name's sake, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Good morning, church. My name is Pastor Caitlin. I'm the next generation pastor here at our church. It's an honor and privilege to be with you here today. I just want to give a special shout out to all my kids and students and families. I miss you guys, and you've been in my prayers. Today we will be looking at Psalms 23. Psalms 23 is the most quoted and most memorized passage in the Old Testament. David writes this psalm in the midst of his highest highs and his lowest lows. He writes this, God is my good shepherd. Some of David's highest highs were in 1 Samuel 17, he killed Goliath. 2 Samuel chapter 5, he was crowned king over Israel. Some of his lowest lows are found in 2 Samuel chapter 12. He lost a child in childbirth. 2 Samuel chapter 15, David's son Absalom dethroned him and tried to kill him. In this Psalms, we will see how God is our good shepherd and we are his sheep. This analogy was very familiar to the early Christians. It's remarkable that the Lord would call himself good shepherd because this was the lowest of jobs in Israel. Usually the youngest son was a shepherd of the family like David. Most of Psalms that David has written, he refers to God as imperial rock, king, deliverer. These were more reverent terms. But David writes that God is this good shepherd showing that he's a personal God. He cares and loves us deeply. Read with me as I read along Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I should dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In verse 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. David is saying that he's my shepherd, which is in personal and intimate relationship with God. In Old Testament times, sheep were bought with a great price. In the same way, God has bought us with the ultimate sacrifice on the cross. In Isaiah 40, 10 through 11 says, See the sovereign Lord comes with power. His arm rules for him. See his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. God genuinely cares for us. God's role as shepherd is the loving, caring concern. David found great comfort and security knowing that God was his shepherd. 
Hebrews 13, 20 says, I know my sheep and I'm known by my sheep. God wants to have that relationship with you and he wants not only for us to know him, for him to know us. I shall not be in want. David writes a declaration and decision stating all my needs are supplied by the Lord, my shepherd. I desire not to need more than the Lord is already giving me, my good shepherd. In verse two, it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me by still waters. Jesus leads us to safe places to rest. Sheep are very finicky. They won't lie down if they're afraid, if they're worried, if they're hungry. The shepherd has to provide all their needs for them to find true rest. In the same way, God wants to meet all our needs so he can lead us in places of true, genuine rest. Now, there's a bit of a picture contrast here because what we think of of green, luscious fields. In Israel, there was only two rainy seasons a year. It often was found with drought. And I believe David is showing us a spiritual meaning of how God wants to bring us out of drought. God wants to bring us out of weariness, out of depression. He wants to lead us in pastures that are lavish with peace, with stillness, to refresh us. So often we are filled with the thoughts of never being done, never measuring up, or people's demands on our life. God wants to give us peace in the chaos. God wants to restore and refresh us. He wants to build in our life a rhythm of Sabbath, a day in the week where we can stop, we can pause and reflect on his goodness. So often I find myself on a day off uh, on my phone or on my TV or on my computer, but God wants us to put aside all devices and just take a moment and reflect, seek him. He wants to lead you in those green pastures. Will you allow him to lead you? My good shepherd. In verse three, it says, he restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. We see so often in the Bible how so many great, amazing characters had fallen off the path of righteousness because they chose to sin. Eve ate of the tree of good and evil, and she wasn't supposed to. Cain murdered his brother. David committed adultery with Uriah's wife. Peter was part of Jesus' inner circle, and he denied Christ three times. Moses murdered a man and covered it up. Jonah ran away from God when God had called him. In each and every one of these circumstances, God restored them when they repented and asked God to forgive them. God brought them back to the path of righteousness. He gave them restoration and transformation. And in the same way, God wants to lead us in that path of righteousness. Will you allow him to lead you? He wants to transform our hearts today, give us a new heart, a new spirit. Jesus wants to restore the lost. If you find yourself lost today, God wants to bring you back. His arm is open and ready to lead you and guide you to the path of righteousness. In Hebrews, the words, restore my soul, means bring me back to repentance. Ezekiel 34, 15, 16b says, I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. Jesus wants to restore our hearts today. He wants to bring us back to a new relationship with him. John 10, 14 says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father. I lay down my life for my sheep. And that's what Christ does for us. The greatest sacrifice of all was that God died on the cross so that we can have a restored relationship with him. 
He leads me in paths of righteousness for the name's sake. The sheep didn't need to know where they were going or where the next green pasture was. Why? Because God was leading them. In the same way, we don't have to know what tomorrow holds or what our past, maybe even today hold, because God has got our backs. He will lead us. I don't know about you, but growing up, I was the kid that always said on a trip or on a vacation, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And I'm so often I find myself with God. God, am I there yet? Have I arrived? And we don't, need, we don't need to worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. God is a good, gracious God, and he will lead us each and every day. We just have to follow. It's not about me. It's all about God. We allow him to lead you as the good shepherd. My good shepherd. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff that comfort me. That was verse four. David shows a valley of suggesting he was hedged in and surrounded. He may have been facing a time in his life where he thought he met the ultimate defeat and evil. In biblical times, a valley had uh, strangers and thieves and wild animals, flash floods, etc., dangerous things. David recognized that the shepherd was leading him through this valley, that the valley wasn't his destination or dwelling place, but God's presence was with him everywhere he goes. Today, if you find yourself in a valley representing a difficult season or a hardship, God's presence is with you. Today, I have brought two testimonies of moms in our community that are facing really hard times. The first is of a mother that just lost her brother, and she writes this. We face the pain of you not being here on earth. But we know that God has taken you home with him. You are at peace and not suffering anymore. Despite the fact you are not here to say I love you again hurts and brings much pain. But God is there to wipe every tear away. I know God will bring me through this season. Another mom in our community that's facing cancer, she's in the toughest rounds of chemo. She writes this, God is my rock. Through all the unknowns, I depend on him and pray to him to be by my side through this season. There are nights that I'm so scared and all I do is cry. But when I pray and I trust you, the stress, the anxiety tends to melt away. Without prayer and God, I don't know where I would be. Actually, I do know I would be in a very dark place. I give all my worries to God because I know he has a plan for me. I believe that this journey is to help others find the hope in Christ as they go through cancer. I talk to him every day, and God helps me. I feel his presence in my everyday aspect of life. You can see through these two testimonies how the valley is dark, the valley is wearisome, but God will bring them through. John 10.3 says, To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep bear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. God is calling you by name, and he will lead you every step through the valley. The rod is a club to defend the sheep against predators, and the staff was to navigate the sheep through tough terrain. In the same way, Jesus wants to fight for us through the difficult terrain. If you are in a season of the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to fear because God is with you. He is leading you through. I want to encourage you, if this is a tough time, don't gravitate towards things to numb your pain, like devices or addictions. Don't allow that to be your device. Trust in God, cling to him, and he will lead you through. 
There was a season in my life in sophomore year of college, I had faced the biggest valley I have ever come across. This valley was filled with much pain and agonizing. Uh, I was diagnosed with a sickness that riddled my body. My back had completely given out and I could barely walk. My eyesight was going and I was gonna be blind if I didn't get surgery. On top of it all, I had two close relatives disown me and stop talking to me. All the culmination of these things, the valleys felt so deep and so consuming and so fearful. At first I prayed for a month, a month or two I prayed and I read God's word like every Christian should and would. But when the valley lasted a year and a half, it was only by God's miracle that I survived that valley. But what kept me through were the prayers of the saints. My mom was praying, my pastor, people from my church were praying and depositing prayers in the heavenlies. That's what got me through that valley. I want to encourage you today, if you're not going through the valley, and this is a great season, pray. Pray like you've never prayed before. Deposit those prayers in the heavenlies. It's time that our church in America gets back on their knees and starts praying again. Church, we need your prayers. There are people in this community that are going through the valley. They need your prayers deposited in the heavenlies. It's not if you will go through the valley, it's when you go through the valley. You need to store up those prayers in the heavenly so that when you do go through the valley, your faith will be strong. Your children need you to pray and deposit those prayers so that when they go through the valley of the shadow of death, they don't have to fear because you've already prayed for them. Church, deposit those prayers in the heavenlies. How often is it that we find ourselves in a good season, we kick back and we relax and our prayer life and our devotion life dwindle. But God is asking you today, don't get in that rhythm. Pick up your Bible again. Pray. Pray like you've never prayed before. We need you to store up those prayers in the heavenlies. In verse 5 it says, You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. David refers to a feasting in Jewish culture where they feasted for days and it was the best of the best food. In the same way, in a spiritual sense, despite all our flaws, in front of our enemies, God is lavishing us with his love, with his mercy, with his protection and security. When it says, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. When someone in the Old Testament anointed you with oil, was showing that you are honored. You are beloved. And God wants to tell you that today. He loves you and he is honored by you and you are beloved. A scholar named Spurgeon says this, Beloved, I will ask you a question. How would it be with you if God had filled your cup in proportion to your faith? How much would you have in your cup? How much faith do you have in God leading you today? Would your cup overflow if God filled you cup according to your faith in him? Have great faith today. Jesus is my good shepherd. In verse 6 it says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God's mercy and goodness follow David all the days of his life. God's mercy and goodness is not determined by the season we find ourselves in. No matter what we may be facing, God's mercy and goodness follow us all the days of our life. John 10, 4 and 5 says this. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize his voice. There are so many voices in our lives today. Do we know God's voice? Can we distinguish God's voice from other voices around us? 
God knows you, but do you know God? Is he your good shepherd today? It's a choice. David chose, despite all of his flaws, he chose to dwell in God's house forever. It's your choice. Will you dwell in God's house forever? Despite our flaws, despite David's flaws, I will dwell in God's house forever. Will you? God is my good shepherd. Our good shepherd provides what we need. Our good shepherd makes us lie down in green pastures. Our good shepherd leads us by still quiet waters. Our good shepherd renews our life. Our good shepherd leads us along the path of righteousness. Our good shepherd is present in the valleys where the danger may dwell. Our good shepherd's rod of protection and staff of correction comfort us. When I was in Bible college, there was a faculty member. She wasn't very remarkable. I only had a few conversations with her. And she gave me an encouragement that I will never forget. She told me this, don't lose your seat at Jesus' feet. Don't lose your seat at Jesus' feet. And that's what I want to end today's message with to encourage you. Some of us today need to reclaim our seat at Jesus' feet. I know so many of us have been growing weary and not being able to gather together in person. It's time to pick up our Bibles, dust it off if it's been a couple weeks or a couple days. It's time that we get back on our knees and pray again. You can do this. Your good shepherd is leading you each and every day. He wants to have that ongoing intimate relationship with you. He wants you to deposit those prayers in the heavenlies. Church, reclaim your seat at Jesus' feet. Pray with me as we end today. Dear Jesus, God, I pray for those in our community that are in the valley of the shadow of death. God, that your presence would be with them. God, that you would comfort them in this season, make them stronger, make their faith abound greatly. God, that your mercy and your goodness would be with them. Strengthen them today, strengthen their faith. God, I pray those in the community that are not going through the valley of the shadow of death, but God, their relationship with you would be stronger. God, that they would get back on their knees and pray again. God, that our relationship would just be set on fire. God, that we would know your voice. We would know who you are because we have that ongoing daily relationship with you. Build our faith stronger so we can deposit those prayers in the heavenlies. God, we love you and we thank you so much that you are our good shepherd. Your grace and your mercy follow us all over the days of our life. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for joining us for service today. Make sure to follow us on social media and go to lowellag.org for all updates. We'll see you next week.